Welcome to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations, a podcast exploring the cool Christian girl's guide to living in America. I'm your girl, April Davenport. I'll reveal to you a little personal testimony while merging ministry, education, and real life. We will also discuss current events with relevant figures of our time. It is the perfect blend of headline news, black girl magic, and of course, Jesus juice. Come with me on a journey you won't soon forget. So stay tuned, don't change the channel, and let's take a ride. Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. I'm your host, April Davenport. Well, it's certainly a fresh start summer and we are just off the heels of Independence Day and I must say that my ears are still ringing from all of the fireworks, firecrackers, fire everything that was ringing in my neighborhoods. I mean, the bombs were certainly bursting in air. For a minute there, I thought that we weren't celebrating Independence Day, but you know how y'all are. Y'all certainly forget about a protest because my neighbors, my friends, my families, everybody was bursting fireworks. Oh my God, it was everywhere. I mean, the sky was beautiful, but I certainly didn't fall asleep until the 6th of July, but we praise God anyway. And I'm so excited that I have here with me, my friend, my brother, my youth pastor, Reverend Derek Johnson. Derek, welcome What's to up? the podcast. What's up, eh? What's How up? are you? Fantastic. How about yourself? So were there any fireworks down on the South side? Oh, always, always. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know it was Independence Day because it's just all the time. So I thought it was just a summer thing here in Georgia. It was more like Independence Day, the movie. Absolutely. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Alien invasion. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Not just July 4th. Yep. Well, we thank God for it. So what's happening um, in your family for summertime? What are y'all doing this summer? Um, you know, we, we, uh, we were fortunate enough to uh, early part of the summer to get to Pittsburgh so okay. to get back home and, and, and spend some time home so that was good for the kids and um, now we're just gearing up and preparing to, to get ready to go back to school and yeah. kind of shake off the, the that, that whole summer routine of sleeping in and you know waking up when you want to so uh, but we've been just chilling out. All right yeah so Derek is an Atlanta transplant. Um, how long you been in Atlanta? Um, I've been here about eight years. Okay, yep. so you can't quite claim Atlanta yet, but that's no, okay. Yeah, that's we'll fine. claim you, even though um, football time, we know that we're going to um, dissect and diverge. Yeah, but you know, um, rise up. So we won't even say where Derek is from because we know at some point in the conversation, it's probably going to come up. Probably. Um, but yeah, we'll keep that for later on in the conversation. Right. <laughs> I'm so glad again to have uh, Derek with me, Reverend Johnson. I'll probably interchange that, but you know how it goes. Um, we're still in our relationship series and Derek is here to talk to me about leaking ships repairing our broken relationships we know that last week we were talking about dead bad unhealthy relationships but today we want to talk about those relationships that might not be dead but maybe they are broken and how exactly to repair them. So Derek, in a previous episode, I talked about um, our horizontal relationships, the ones that we share with people are a direct reflection of our vertical relationship, the mm -hmm. one that we share with God. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Um, I, I agree with that. I think um, we, 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 don't, we can't help but um, you know, relate God to 
uh, our relationships because of how we project our humanity onto God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I 100% agree with you there that even how we treat people, you know, the Bible says that God created man in the likeness of himself. So even how we deal with individuals is a testament to how we deal with the reality of God. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, something that has helped me even um, to, to maintain, you know, my temper when I get a little, because mm-hmm. Atlanta's traffic is, you know, it's, it's certainly not something I'm positive they don't have this type of traffic in heaven. But, but, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, when people do certain things, you, you, you have to look at them not as, as individuals, but you have to appreciate the reality of God that created them. So, okay. Yeah, I agree okay. With, your, with your statement. So if we talk about, um, you know, broken relationships, uh, what exactly does a broken relationship look like? to you and why do you think that people operate in the midst of broken relationships um i, I think um when you when you talk about broken and, and when especially when it comes to relationships the first thing that comes to mind for me when i hear that is is connectivity okay. so um when i think about a broken relationship it, it's really more or less you know um kind of being disconnected um and, and when you look at it from that perspective um it, it really helps you kind of go into evaluating, you know, where did this thing break? You know, what, what happened? Um, there can be a lot of things, for example, um, what, what's distracting you, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that you, that you feel this, this, this disconnection, you know, what's your environment like? It's not unlike when you, when you're on your phone, right. And you get into certain areas, like you're, you're talking to somebody and, and, you know, all of a sudden the, the signal goes out, but it's just a dead space. Right. right? They're still on the line, but the connection is just kind of temporarily been suspended. So when I think about that broken relationships, it's really just a matter for me more of connectivity. So you definitely um, would agree then that, you know, the human connection is probably the strongest connection. Right. That we all have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because that connection is so strong, people are able to maintain a relationship, even if it's broken right so we could have a broken relationship a marriage could have a broken relationship but still stay married right Absolutely. Um, siblings could have a broken relationship but still coexist as siblings family in general Absolutely. friends right. could have mm-hmm. broken relationships <laughs> but still hang out right? right but that relationship could still stay broken why do you think that people might even are able to identify that the relationship is broken, that is disconnected, if we use your term, mm-hmm. um, but yet will, instead of trying to repair it, will just continue to maintain or operate even in the midst of that brokenness? Uh, I mean, I think the, the most simple answer is, is because whenever you have something that's, that's broken, um, the process of fixing it requires work. And I, and I think that a lot of us would rather not put in the work required um, to fix a broken relationship. You know, I, I look at people, um, you know, that if you've ever seen somebody pull out their phone and their, their screen is completely shattered and it's like, well, you know, why haven't you fixed your screen yet? Right. You know, it's shattered. But it's just because of the process involved, the cost, you know, the scheduling the appointment. It's just a lot of times the inconvenience of putting in work prevents us from doing the things necessary to repair things that are broken. Um, what, what would you say then is the difference between a broken relationship and a bad or unhealthy relationship? So I think, um, you know, again, going back to, you know, being um, the connectivity piece, I think a broken relationship is, is more or less, it's, uh, it's disconnected. Um, and, and that could be for, for a lot of reasons, right? It could be, you know, that the things that 
um, initially helped you connect to that relationship, maybe they've changed. You know, people change. Um, maybe the environment, there's other outside influences. It, it could be a, a host of things. Whereas a, 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 just a pure broken relationship, to me, I'm thinking it's something that's completely severed. Mm -hmm. So that's something that, you know, when you, when you look at, again, that connection uh, metaphor, when you pick up that cord, um, it's just, it's beyond repair. You know, something there needs to be fixed versus it's, it's nothing else except me being that connection to you, like something in, either in me is broken or severed something in you is, is broken off, it's severed, and we, we, can't, we can't gel anymore, we can't connect. How do you think people should, you know, what, what determining factors do you think that people should use to determine um, if, they, if there is a broken relationship in their life, if something is worth repairing, or if the relationship is so broken, um, like you said, if it's, you know, severed, that maybe they should walk away from it. How do you determine it, you know? I think um, you have to think about the relationship from the standpoint of, um, and we talked about this off camera, like, you know, um, is it benefiting you in mm -hmm. your life at this moment? Is it helping you get to where you want to be in life? Is it helping you get to where God would have you be in life? And I think that in every relationship, God has to be the absolute foundation because we mm -hmm. don't, I mean, we have, you know, gifts of the spirit and fruits of the spirit. We can make certain discerning you know, decisions or whatever. But ultimately, you know, when we filter those decisions through the lens of what would God have me do, um, I think that the Holy Spirit just kind of illuminates in us certain things to help us make those decisions a little bit more easier. But I, I really do think it comes down to, you know, is this, is this relationship beneficial to me? Is it helping me? Is it hurting me? And then the one thing that a lot of people don't want to ask is, is, am I helpful in this relationship? Right. Am I somebody that this person needs right right now in their life. Myself, personally, I'm notoriously, I'm a bad roommate. <laughs> you know, I, I just admit it. Like, all through college, I'm just not a good roommate. You mm -hmm. know, I'm, at the time, I'm very selfish. <laughs> you know, I gotta have things my way. I'm just, you know, whatever it is. But, um, you know, there, there, there came a time when it was just like, I, mean, I, I just can't have a roommate. And it wasn't because of the, it was me, right? Yeah. You have to just kind of look at that as well. So I think you just got to ask yourself those questions and, and make a responsible uh, determination. That's an interesting point. Uh, you being a bad roommate, but you're married. Uh, so yep. um, how does it affect your marriage, you being a bad roommate? Are you still a bad roommate? Um, I mean, it depends on who you ask, right? <laughs> um, I, 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 think I'm a, I think I'm a great teammate. Okay. Um, maybe not the best roommate at times, but I think that, you know, going back to relationships, um, if I didn't fix the things in me that I recognize were opportunity areas, mm -hmm. then my wife and I wouldn't be able to win as a team. Okay. You know, and I think that it's one thing, nobody wants to be in a relationship and be told they got to do this and they got, I mean, but when you do that yourself and, and you, you have that level of self-awareness and accountability and, you know, you just kind of be real with yourself. Like, you know, this is wrong. I'm bugging, you know, yes. and, like I'm, I'm not helping the team here. You know, I, I think that it, it, it helps everybody if you can do that. So. Right. I definitely think that one of the things that you said is very key, um, the accountability piece. Um, I think that a lot of times when we think about broken relationships, disconnected relationships, we're very, very quick to think that it's the other person uh, or that it's the situation. And um, we're very hesitant to really take notice of 
not necessarily what we did, but the role that we played mm -hmm. um, in getting to the broken piece of the relationship. Um, I can recall um, a broken friendship in my life and um, it was nothing like, you know, a lot of times we're looking for a big event to have happened. Uh, maybe, you know, an argument to have happened. And it was not that, it wasn't that there was an argument. It wasn't that there was, you know, an event. Uh, my friend and I, neither of us are very dramatic people so it just wasn't that um it was more so that she um just had made a decision in her life and she just felt as if i didn't support her in that decision mm -hmm. and um time had passed and you know when she brought it to me and she said what she said to me and it was very poignant because i really had to do a self-check really had to look in the mirror um and she said of all the people in my life i knew that you would have been the one to support me because you always love people and you always support me and so she said for her it was just the disappointment in knowing that i did not support her mm -hmm. and um you know i was so hurt at myself because i had disappointed her and so it you know it caused the rift in our friendship and, you know, being able to try to come back from that, um, I think was hard. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people when they do recognize, when they are willing to recognize, you know, they're trying to figure out how do they come back um, from a rift. And the thing is, uh, my friend wasn't really looking for something big. Uh, she was just really looking for acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, once I acknowledged that, uh, we were able to come back very quickly. But a lot of times people don't understand how do they come back? How do they begin the repairing process? Mm -hmm. um, so how do you think that people should begin the repairing process? Whether it was something that was significant that happened or if maybe it was something that was, um, you know, something that was small and the tears started very small, but then it began to just kind of rip away to cause the break. You know, I, I, um, I, I can't not help but think um, from a standpoint of when you work out, mm -hmm. right? Um, when you work out, and it's not unlike a relationship, right? When you work out and you work out um, extensively and you really, really, you know, when you started running last year, right? right? Um, if it's not something that you always do, your body takes a minute for to get mm -hmm. used to this new routine. And so what happens is over time, um, things break down, you know, yeah. and, and your body will start to let you know, like, all right, we need to maybe chill for a second. And I think that, you know, major injuries occur when people ignore those warning signs mm -hmm. that are like so clear. And I think that what we need to do a better job of is be aware. Um, just aware just of, of who you are, aware of the individual and their own limitations, et cetera, right? And um, not project any unrealistic expectations that, you know, we do a terrible job of, and I do, I'm so guilty of this. I project how I would deal with a situation onto, onto somebody people, else, right? Always. Mm -hmm. I come from a different environment. My experience in life has been different. I can't expect somebody to respond to life the same way I respond to mm -hmm. life, right? Mm -hmm. But we do that, right? But just being aware of the situation so that when you see certain things are off, you just take a second, take yeah. some time, right? And, mm -hmm. and address it then, because if you address it then, it goes from becoming, you know, it's just a tear, you know, you take some time, you ice it, you you, you care for it, right? Right. From going into being a full out break or something right. like that. So yeah. just, just being aware. And, yeah, because icing something, uh, resting, 
Uh, it's yep. just a totally different process than if you need surgery. Absolutely. Right? And rehabilitation. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. that takes just a lot longer, mm -hmm. costs a lot more money. Mm -hmm. You need a lot more care. Yep. Yeah, I think that I like that analogy. Um, you know, and I think that in it, it's like sometimes it feels like um, just a broken record. You hear everybody talking about it, but I think you hear everybody talking about it, especially uh, Jesus himself, um, because it's such an important subject. Um, I mean, forgiveness is obviously key, right? Mm -hmm. When we're talking about broken relationships. Um, and I think that it has to happen on the part of obviously both people mm -hmm. um, if the break is going to be repaired. Um, and, and it takes, you know, forgiveness of each other, forgiveness of yourself. Um, but why do you think that forgiveness has to be a constant conversation um, just regarding humanity in general? I think... Um because we, I don't know what it is about how we perceive forgiveness, but from a biblical perspective, um, when we read about forgiveness, and I think if people maybe started to view it this way, forgiveness is not, first of all, I, this is me speaking. Okay. Forgiveness is, it's really for you, right? Mm -hmm. It's not for the other person. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I'll use this real quick, uh, right, you know, with my kids, um, my kids push buttons amongst each other like mm -hmm. they know the buttons to push it's like navigating some type of like countries are always going to war between the three of my kids right? <laughs> but they're great kids so but what happens is um you know something will happen and you know i always tell my son like you, you have to forgive your sister you know because she doesn't even care what she did you know right. what i'm saying but but you're the one that got in trouble yeah. you're the one that's sitting up in the room you know sulking and all this other stuff like but you have to forgive in a biblical perspective forgiveness is a release it's dismissal you understand what I'm saying? So I think that it's, it's hard for us to, to forgive and it's because we don't know how to release things. We want to hold on to stuff. Right. Right. It's, it's almost like, um, you know, traveling through an airport with tons and tons of baggage. You know how impossible it would be to get to your destination if everywhere you went, you always took baggage? Mm -hmm. It would be expensive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Eventually, mm -hmm. like, look, you can't fly. You can't go anywhere. But that's what we do in life. We don't forgive people. We just constantly take this baggage with us. We say we forgive you, you know, but but we're, we're never, it's always in the back of our minds and, and all sorts, but we need to release, need to dismiss. And why? Because that's what Christ has done for us. Right. That's what God has done for us. Like, it's not like, you know, we ask God to absolve us of our sins and ask for forgiveness of our sins. And he's like, okay, I forgive you. But he's like, yeah, but you know. Remember what you yeah, did. Yeah, God's not petty right. like that. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So, but I think it's, it's hard for us to release and dismiss these things. Yeah, um, I think that I, I agree with that. I saw something, I love watching HGTV, um, but I saw something yesterday that uh, they were talking about hoarding. Mm -hmm. And um, you mentioned we love stuff. Um, I don't, And I don't know if that is unique to um, American culture or if that is just unique to just uh, the human race. Mm -hmm. um, um, I've spent time with other uh, cultures in other countries and obviously they don't have as much stuff obviously as Americans, but I, I definitely know for sure that Americans love stuff. Mm -hmm. I know that um, we love tangible things, things we that we can touch, we can see. you yep. know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Um, but um, it, it said that for some people, hoarding could be hereditary, mm -hmm. all right? Um, if their parents had a lot of stuff, if their grandparents had a lot of stuff, then more than likely they too will have a lot of stuff. Um, and so I began to think about that um, philosophically, you know, um, and wondered if, you know, if generations above us 
held on to a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, and then they passed that down into the generations below them with a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. with a lot of um, unprepared, you know, things. Um, how does that begin to affect us and how we then treat ourselves as well as our relationships? You know what I'm saying? Do you think that that hinders a person's ability to be able to forgive, a, a person's Absolutely. ability to be able to release, to move on, yeah. if not only are they carrying their own weights, but they're carrying the weights of previous generations. Absolutely. So do you believe that uh, hoarding mm. in an intangible sense can be hereditary? I don't know when this is gonna air, but um, if you could edit this piece out, it'd be great, because I'm gonna use that in a sermon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you did that, so if you can, you know, but. But, but I, I think, um, you know, um, that man, that's great. I, so, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of um, mental well-being and, mm -hmm. and mindfulness. Um, it, took me, it took me a minute to get there mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I, I was having some challenges, um, situational depression issues and, and things like that. And, you know, just the culture being what it is and me being, you know, a black man from the inner city. Like, it just mm -hmm. wasn't something that I think I dealt with responsibly. But... Um, when I got into mindfulness and, and the practice of meditation, um, I meditate um, three times a day. I meditate first thing in the morning before I work. I meditate in the middle of the day so that I don't take the stuff from right, the morning right. into the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I meditate before I leave work so that I don't take all that stuff home with me. But what I do, and this is what my whole point is, when I, when I meditate, what I envision are um, you know, my mind being a street and these thoughts, if you will, the stuff that goes on, they're cars. And not, like, not unlike Atlanta traffic, everybody's got to get somewhere, right? But because it's, it, things become congested and backed up, you know, and we're creating obstacles and we can't, we're holding on to stuff, your mind becomes a traffic jam of thoughts and just things or whatever. And so when I meditate, what I do is I just try to get every car to its destination. Mm. I just try to clear the street until my mind is just like, if you've ever seen Vanilla Sky, it's just like mm -hmm. an empty city. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's what it is. Like we, it's, it's impossible if you ask me to, to move, to, to go anywhere. If you, if you can't have that type of liberating freedom in your mind and your thinking, because you're just so bogged down with stuff and thoughts that don't even matter. Right. You know what I mean? Like you just haven't filed it away yet. Right. You know, it's just sitting there for no reason. Right. So I, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. That's good, and good some stuff. of it needs to be filed away. Some of it just needs to be shredded. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. just throw, you ever tear something up? You know how good that feels? Yeah. You know? When I get mad, sometimes you know, I type up an email, I print it off and I just rip it up. You know, right. It just feels good. So I, I remember one time, um, this was actually just a couple of years ago, um, I got a new desk uh, at home and I remember I was taking things out of the old desk to put in the new desk. And then I just kind of stopped and I said, you know what? I haven't even looked at any of these things in the old desk for like two or three years. And I said to my dad, bring me some trash bags. And I literally threw all of the mm -hmm. stuff in the old desk away. And I, my dad says, what if there's something important? And I said, you know what, it'll come back up again mm -hmm. if it's really that important. And now that's been two years and I don't remember yep. it coming back up again. <laughs> and I think that sometimes that's what we need to do with our broken relationships. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't even need to revisit whatever we think it was that broke the relationship right. in the first place. We just need to know, you know, we need to just throw it away mm -hmm. 
and we need to start all over again. Because I think it's something that you mentioned, people change, right? We're in different seasons in mm -hmm. our life, right? Mm -hmm. Things have happened to people. So, you know, it may have caused what we thought was a rift, but sometimes people were just going through things, yeah. you know? And so sometimes the relationship needs to start anew, right? The marriage needs to be renewed, right? Um, you know, even though we grow up with our siblings, we're different people mm -hmm. than when we were children, right? Um, even friends that we've had for 30 years, we're obviously different people yeah, than when we absolutely. started being friends 30 absolutely. years ago. And so sometimes when we feel like a relationship is broken, yes, I think, you know, we can address the tear, we can address the rift, but a lot of the things that we feel is really um, holding us hostage, um, sometimes we just need to discard it. And we need to really just kind of like say, okay, you know what? That's in the history books and we're actually just going to turn the page yep. and start again. And I think it's something that you said, if we can think about forgiveness as a release, then everybody can feel lighter. Everybody can try to move forward and put the cars in the parking space so that the feeling. streets Absolutely. are clear. Because when the streets are clear, then you can move then you forward. Can move, you can see where you need to go. Yeah. When the streets are clear. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, you can move forward. You know what? Um, I think that a lot of times, um, you know, sometimes we have to also realize that we could be the the source of the leak in our broken relationships. Um, my mother used to say to me when I was a child, she would say, April, if multiple people are saying the same thing about you, more than likely it's you. It's not the multiple people. Mm -hmm. I think that um, sometimes we have to understand that if we have a lot of broken relationships in our life, right, it's probably not the other people, right? Mm -hmm. It's probably us. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person? I would say that, um, again, it, it takes a, one of the things we have not discussed um, in all of this really um, is courage. You know, mm -hmm. it takes a great deal of courage to release. It takes a great deal of courage to do a lot of the things we talked about. It takes a great deal of courage to acknowledge that I can be better. And yeah. I think that, you know, even, even Paul, you know, in, in the Bible, like this is a man who, you know, after conversion, like he, he lived his entire life dedicated to, you know, but he still didn't feel as close. He was constantly trying to get close to God. But the reality is we're never going to be there, you know, until we're perfected, right? But you have to have the courage to want to get better, to want to improve. Um, because a lot of us feel like we've arrived, you know, we right. were joking about, you know, I, I read the Bible yeah. in its entirety, yeah. you know, but, but it, it, I mean, that's just a, a truth of life is that people think that they are farther along, mm -hmm. um, than, than where they truly are. And, and, you know, people don't like feedback, mm. you know, um, I'm, again, this is me speaking the term constructive criticism. I don't agree with because I think criticism is criticism and what you do with it determines whether or not it's constructive. Or not, right, right? right. But I think that has a whether lot to do with you. Not, exactly. Yeah. But again, what does that start? That's with you. Yeah. Right. And I just think that, you know, it, it's, it's not comfortable to admit right. that you can, that you need to change or that the things that you think been, you've been doing right the whole time, they really, eh, no one likes it. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? So, um, it's almost like that person that buys the bad cologne or perfume, and every time they come around, it's like, man, you know, you stink. Like, but nobody wants to tell <laughs> you you stink, and you wonder why everybody's walking away from yeah. you, you know, and it's because you smell, you know? Yeah, so, but that person says, I've been wearing this for 40 years. Okay, yeah, well, you know what, for 40 years. We've been walking away from you every time you walk in a room, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's 
Funny that you mentioned that because I have an aunt um, who is. Uh, she has a stink. No. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> she's 74, but she's taking um, Master Life, you know, okay. what's yeah. offered mm -hmm. at our church. Mm -hmm. And I just keep telling her almost every week how proud I am of her because to be 74 and to just take the dedication, because mm -hmm. um, we know how intense Master Life is um, and what it takes out of you. Um, but to even, you know, the reading, all that's required, the discipline. Yeah, the discipline. Mm -hmm. um, but to even, you know, that our pastor always says that if you live to be 100, you will never stop growing. You that's can never fact. stop learning. Yeah. Um, you know, if you live to be 200, <laughs> if the Lord decides to revert back to Bible ages, mm -hmm. um, but we can never stop growing, we can never stop learning. And so something that you said, um, I think a lot of times people think, well, the relationship is what it is, you know? Um, and if we are the source, if we are the reason, we can always be better. We can wake up and say, I want to be better. You know, like, and, and that is something that I strive to do almost every single day. I just want to be better than the day before, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I think that if we can all adopt that mantra to just be better, we'll begin to notice that our relationships will automatically become better. Mm -hmm. And those relationships that might not feel the, um, the way that they should, that might be broken, we'll automatically want them to be repaired. Right. Um, or we'll, we'll want them to, to at least shift because when you want to be better, you don't want anything in your life that's not working properly. Um, you know, it's just like having a house. I mean, if you are living in a house that you want to be peaceful, you don't want a leaking roof. Right. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? You don't want a creaking floor. Right. I mean, you want everything to be working as it should. Um, now. We know we've talked about relationships with people, right? Um, and as hard as those relationships are to fix, our relationship with God, what about when we feel like that relationship is broken? Because that relationship, as we talked about at the very beginning, um, that is the ultimate relationship in our life, right? Mm -hmm. How do we fix that relationship when we feel it's broken? And I'm talking to the person who may not really understand that God is right here, mm -hmm. you know, that God is always willing and ready to repair it. All you have to do is call his name. Right. But the person who feels like they've done too much, yeah. you know, that they've walked too far away. Well, I mean, you're talking to me, you know, um, mm -hmm. and again, this is that self-awareness. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where we just, you know, we talked about what if it's you um, in, in the sense that, you know, your relationship with God is broken. It's you, right. <laughs> it's you, yeah. you're the reason why. And, um, I think that if you feel like your relationship with God is broken, I think you have to see, first of all, what's competing for that God space in your life. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, because obviously something else has taken up that attention and that you were devoting to God. And so it's not so much that it's, it's, it's your, you know, the relationships broke, you're becoming distant. You're becoming, um, you know, just distracted. Um, you're, you're putting up barriers where, you know, God wants a relationship with you, but you have made that not as much of a priority mm -hmm. as it should be. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, a couple of things I would just recommend is that first and foremost, like any relationship, the number one thing with any relationship is communication. Yeah. It's communication. Um, God wants a relationship with us. He wants you know, us to be in a great relationship. We have to communicate with God. Mm -hmm. I think, first of all, we need to shut up 
and we need to listen to God. Right. Right. And that doesn't mean, you know, try to hear his audible voice like Isaiah, you know, or anything mm -hmm. like that, because the reality is you don't have to do that nowadays. Right. And first and foremost, that would be challenging to even decipher. Is that God or am I going crazy? crazy? You know what I mean? Like, what, what is that, that sound? But, but we have his word. We have his complete word. Yeah. And he speaks to us in his word. He reveals things about himself in his word and not for any other thing so that we can get to know him better, mm -hmm. right? Because that's mm -hmm. another thing about a relationship. You need to understand who it is that you're in this relationship with. God reveals things. And then, so as we listen to God, we also need to talk to God. Mm -hmm. We need to pray, mm -hmm. right? And I'm not, you know, I always teach the kids at The Rock, you don't have to do like an hour long prayer and say Jehovah Jireh, you mm -hmm. don't need all of that. It's just talk to God. Mm -hmm. He's your God. Like you said, he's, all, he's omnipresent. Right. You just have a conversation with them where you are. Yeah. Articulate the things that are on your heart when you have an opportunity to do so. And then I would also just encourage people to, um, if you feel that this relationship with God is broken, um, reevaluate your relationship with your church. And this yeah. is not to put a church on blast, but that's one of the primary benefits of going to church, even mm -hmm. if you can't physically go, mm -hmm. is to be surrounded by a group of individuals that are like-minded believers that can encourage you when you're going through this. Because like I said, you're talking to me. Yeah. I've gone through this. Right. I, I can, you know, I know what that feels like to feel like you know, you're just kind of separated from God. Right. And this is after I accepted my call to ministry. So I'm gonna keep it a buck. Yeah. You know what I, right? Yeah. And then um, lastly, and you know, discipline. You know, all the things we just said, you just mm -hmm. can't do it once. Right. It has to be a routine. It has to be something that you commit to because, again, self-awareness, self I want to get better. I want to strengthen my relationship. You have to want it. I'm convinced that when people want to do things, it can be done. I know yeah. people that can't afford to pay their water bill, but when the Beyonce tickets come out, <laughs> they're going to find the resources, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, to, to go to the, to the concerts. But, yeah. you know, that's, that's... And everybody's walking around with the cell phone, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they find a way to have a cell they phone. They will find a yeah. way. So, and that's the thing is, again, just on that, what is your paradigm that, you know, when you want something, you can get it? Like, if you really want something and you've proven to yourself, just looking around, look at all the stuff that you have, right? Yeah. If you want something, you get it. What about your relationship with God? Yeah. What about your relationship with other people that matter to you? Mm -hmm. You know, have you invested the same amount of time, resources, energy to make sure that that stuff is where it needs to be? Yeah. And I mean, obviously, we were we've all been in that place, right? Because we've all sinned, right? And sin broke our relationship Absolutely. with God. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like you said, once we become saved, I mean, we don't live this pitch perfect life. Mm -hmm. um, and there are things that happen in our lives that we feel that causes separation between us and God. And, um, you know, it's always us. Always <laughs> it's always us. us right? Because God, I mean, he never fails, right? He's, he's perfect. Um, and so it's always us. But the thing about it is God is always willing, right? He's always there. Um, and he never moves. He never changes. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always us that separates us, but it's always us that also needs to recommit. Um, and so we know that all of those things that you mentioned, it's so funny that you talked about the listening to God. I'm doing this devotional now about the difference between the way God spoke in the Bible days and then the way that he speaks mm -hmm. now. But the same God, right? Just because mm -hmm. 
He the used methods the change. Yeah, exactly. Same guy, right? right? Yep. He's still speaking. The one constant um, thing yeah, you have in your life. He's still speaking. Um, and, you know, that relationship, that vertical relationship um, is still so key in helping you to really guide every other relationship in your life. So, I mean, if you're if you feel like you have a lot of broken relationships or if you feel like every relationship I get in, it just goes south. Check the vertical mm -hmm. relationship, you know, make sure it's not going south because that is the one that ultimately will determine, you know, your life. I'm so glad that you were here to talk to me um, today about you, these relationships. The people that you have here, this is a, <laughs> this is a real treat. <laughs> this is a real treat. About these leaking ships. Yeah. Uh, one of my, uh, Chanel and I's favorite movie was the Titanic. Oh, we used man. to sit there, look, for hours and <laughs> watch the Titanic. Um, but I always thought it was interesting, you know, once it started to sink, who was able to get off the boat. Um, but we don't want you to sink. We no. want you to make, we want to make sure that you are above the water. Get off the boat. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but God has everything that you need, of yeah. course, to make sure that you don't sink, that you don't even leak out, right? Because slow leaks are sometimes worse than the boat just yep. going straight down. Um, so make sure you check your leaks, make sure that the uh, ship is not sinking, but above all else, make sure that you have God in your life because we wanna make sure that with him, you know that you can do all things. Um, I always like to pray for my army before we leave, but since I have you here, I thought it'd be nice if you would pray for the army. Do you mind? Not at all. All right, That's take great. us to the throne. Our Father and our God, Lord, we thank you for right relationship. We thank you for the privilege uh, to know you as such. We thank you that when it is we have a need, when the world consumes our hearts, every burden uh, that, that consumes our mind, we have the privilege as your children to leave it at the foot of your cross. So, so we're grateful for who you are in our lives. And Father God, we know that we are not all that we ought to be. Uh, we know that oftentimes we trip up over our own feet and get in our own way. Uh, but God, we're grateful that even when that occurs, that the way that is laid before us, you, you said that. And Lord, we're grateful that you continue to guide us uh, along the path that we need to go to. And Lord, we're just asking that you just give us the courage to, to admit to ourselves when it is that, that we need help, Father God, so that we can come to you and that you can fix us. Lord, we're grateful for your son. Thank you for sending him uh, and repairing the, the most important relationship that we have in our lives. We magnify your name and we magnify that matchless name of Christ. And it is in his name that we pray uh, that prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for watching. See you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. We are just getting started. So make sure to connect with me on social at AS Davenport and at Fresh Start Fridays. For more information on the podcast, please visit www.asdministries.org. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show and be a part of April's Army. Remember, anytime is a good time to confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, live by your own personal convictions, and it's always a great time to have a good conversation. I'm your girl, April Davenport. See you next time.